Oh, and that's God. it's over. This historic 2020 bro, NBA championship belongs me, to the so Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, so and banner number bro. 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Boys back. Didn't drop anything last week. Been a very busy week. Bro. We're back. Uh, today's episode will be about the Lake Show, my beloved Lakers and their championship run. This past NBA season has been very well for obvious reasons. The whole COVID pandemic shutting down everything. The Lakers have started the season very strongly. Like they had a stranglehold on the number one seed. They were playing amazing defense. Coach Vogel and his teams are known for playing stellar defense. Like the Indiana, 2011 Indiana. And the offense, AD and LeBron, they were doing their thing. They were carrying the scoring boarding. Shooters like KCP, Danny Green. They were making timely shots when needed. Like the whole team was just in sync. I was very excited about about the season for us. Kuzma, everyone said Kuzma was the uh, number three, the number three option on the team. But I wasn't sold, man. That boy is hot and cold. He's not that good. Doesn't play amazing defense. And to be honest, I see them shipping him out. <laughs> of the team very soon. I remember the Christmas Day game against uh, the Clippers where Pat Bev stole the ball from Braun and the Lakers lost. Everyone had the Clippers winning the chip then. They were like, they were that mentally tough team. They were more focused. They were deeper. That game, that game pissed me off because Lakers had it in the bag, to be honest. Like, we were meant to win that game easy. Then they just fell apart in the third quarter. But I never lost faith in us winning the chip. Like from the beginning, I knew we were going to win the chip. Sadly, going into the new year, January 26th, Laker legend Kobe Bean Bryant, he passed away. Genuinely, that's been one of the saddest days of my life. I remember getting a text from my best friend and she was like, yo, you seen the news? I'm like, what news? The Kobe news. And I checked my phone and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I just got out of the shower, like I was naked, like, but as naked i just walked around the house trying to find back tears man like honestly one of the saddest things i have ever heard or not seen because i wasn't there but heard and that day was someone's birthday that was really special to me and i was just so down and i couldn't even celebrate that person's birthday i won't come here and say kobe was my best player or i enjoyed watching kobe but his laser sharp focus dedication to his craft is something i always respect and what everyone will always respect he came in he punched his clock punched more than anyone and it was just sad so sad to see him go that way like the lakers were doing well he was coming to the games he was rallying around everybody he was with his best friend Ropelinka. they were doing all the things for the lakers like helping them gather momentum to win the the chip and just to tell me that the sun will rise tomorrow <laughs> and kobe bryant won't be here it was just something that didn't sit right with me i had to wake up the next day and go for class on a monday morning and kobe wasn't even on this earth because i know we're all men mortals but there was just something about kobe that made him seem like he was immortal just everything about him black mamba mentality just everything about him his death, as expected, was felt among across the Laker organization. This chronic kid from Philly has just known an organization spanning his 20 NBA career. And just like that, he was taken away from us. The game against Portland, where the Lakers, the that was the first game the Lakers had since his sad passing. LeBron and the whole team made a tribute to him, and that was this, one of the saddest things I've ever seen. The whole organization rallied around one another and dedicated the season to the Black Mamba. And from then on, I just knew the chip was coming back to La La Land. Like, he had to, like, 
LeBron was going to bring this chip they were going to do for Kobe. Kobe had been there for AD. AD's first Olympics, like AD just coming from Kentucky, like Kobe took him under his wing and and made him feel at home. And DJ just felt a very soft spot for Kobe. As the season went on, LeBron made his MVP case with back-to-back performances against the Bucks and the Clippers. I don't know if you guys remember, but during the first meeting against the Bucks, Yannis seemed to like make a gesture to LeBron about wearing the crown. During the first game, they they beat the Bricks <laughs> out of Lakers that game, and Yannis seemed to have made like a sign that oh, I'm wearing the crown now. You're not the king. Blah blah blah. And I'm pretty sure LeBron saw that. So next game, when they were when the when the Bucks came to LA, LeBron gave a virtuoso performance. Like <laughs> he bowled out. Like LeBron was bowling out of his mind. The next. The next two, next day or two days after they had the Clippers, and Bron again went off. <laughs> he went off. Nothing. Fourth quarter, he did his thing. Those two performances for me cemented him be winning the MVP of the league. But they still gave Yanis for reasons best be known to them. <laughs> and another unsung hero for that game was Avery Bradley. Like. Avery didn't go to the bubble, but people that watch the regular season know how important Avery is to that team. Play stellar defense, make shots. And this game against the Clippers, they made 6 of 12 threes, an amazing 50%. The Lakers went on playing well and the league was suspended due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Fast forward to the Orlando bubble. <laughs> man, Lakers win the bubble, man. Those seeding games. I was disappointed. Like to me, the bubble experience for me was a case of zero to hundred real quick. Other than the win against the Clippers when they played the first game, who had who didn't have Blue or they didn't have Montrez. The Lakers did very poorly in the seeding games. They lost double digits to OKC, Raptors, Indiana. They made TJ Warren look like the second coming of MJ. Like <laughs> that boy was going out of his mind in the bubble. Like <laughs> that boy is crazy. Three-point shots went falling as we were ranked dead last in offensive rating with a score of 97.9. I'm not even going to lie, I was genuinely worried. I was scared, like, how did we forget all the things that made us tick during the regular season? With Portland Trailblazers securing like the 8th seed, people people like Chuck saying, oh, they're going to beat the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. Respect to them and CJO, but there's no way they were beating the Lakers in the best of seven series. They took game one, Dame was doing the Oakland dance, blow the whistle, and from them on, they just woke up the beast, man. LeBron AD, they did their thing, and they dispatched them in five games. <laughs> Rest is history. Next came the Houston Rockets, <laughs> and their small ball, the D'Antoni system. No center, small ball, shoot threes, no layups, <laughs> threes and, and free throws. Big ups to D'Antoni, cause to be able to do something like that is a big deal. To just say this is how we're going to play no matter the opposition is a big deal. But as we all know, the playoff is about matchups. Even basketball is about matchups. And I knew there was no way <laughs> they were going to beat the Lakers with them doing this. Credit to Vogel too, he made a change. He had Morris coming for from Dwight Howard because they were drawing Dwight Howard out to the perimeter and were just creating a bad, bad mismatch. But I knew there was no way we were going to lose this series because for Houston to win, they had to make at least 40% of their threes in four out of the seven games and that was not happening. That was no way happening. I just felt really bad for PJ. Man. He was banging in the paint with about 215 pound Anthony Davis. Like, there's no way, <laughs> there's nothing good coming out of that. KCP Danny Green had two main perimeter defenders also did a great job. 
on Ross and Harding. The two Cali boys. Ross was very poor in the bubble. He just seemed very off. Probably his quad was still bothering him. Whatever Ross did, Harding that. Like as in five. Like <laughs> what we have all been expecting since the infamous trade. We couldn't get it because Kawhi and PG. They bottled. We wanted that LA Clippers Lakers matchup. We wanted it. Like the streets needed it. The streets wanted it. I've been craving it, but they just couldn't give us, man. They said Kawhi was mentally tough. They said that the Clippers were mentally tough. They were deeper, more coercive. Doc is championship ready. He did it with Boston. Blah blah blah. They couldn't beat the Denver Nuggets. The whole talk about they were ready. They were doing a load management to beat the Denver Nuggets. Some people even saying Kawhi was better than LeBron. I was like, come on man, this guy misses playoffs for for a first time in like a long time and disrespect his name like that. Man, I hated to see that. I really, really did. I love Kawhi though. I love Kawhi. Mid-range game is amazing to watch. Play stellar defense. Those are all the things you need from a player. But what people fail to realize about Kawhi is that for Kawhi to be successful, he needs a solid point guard. I'm not talking about Pat Beverly. Pat Bev is a bum. I'll say that any day, any time. He's in the NBA, yes. And anyone that makes it to the NBA deserves at least an out of respect. But compared to his peers, Pat Bev is a bum. There's no way you can put him in. He doesn't do anything. Like Ross said, <laughs> Pat Bev trick y'all, man. He just be running around doing nothing. And he's not even a point guard in the main sense of it. Like, he doesn't create. Like, Kawhi is with the ball all the time. And that's not Kawhi. Kawhi is not a facilitator. He's not going to run your offense. Look at it. The short stint in Toronto. He had Kyle Lowry in San Antonio. He had Tony Parker. He had Manu Ginobili. These guys were on the ball. Kawhi just got to his spots and did his thing. I still don't know how Lawrence Frank, the GM of the Clippers, failed to see this when planning the roster. As for PG, man. I have no words for Paul George. I've always been standing Paul George since his indie days. But I don't know. <laughs> Paul George was abysmal during the playoffs. He hit the backboard game seven. Where we all, when we all needed him to where we all needed him the most and was nowhere to be found. Shots weren't falling. Teams were targeting him on defense. He wasn't making the right reads. I just hated to see him, man. I really, really did. Now let's talk about the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> Jamal Murray and his crew. Yo kid. Yo kid and the boys. Those boys are bad boys. Those boys are bad boys. MPJ is coming. Michael Porter Jr. is coming. You guys better watch out for that man. <laughs> he is coming. But I knew after like two back-to-back game sevens, there was no way to have any answer for the Lakers. There was no way. They'll probably snag a game. Snag a game here or two, but nothing. Nothing. And that showed because Jamal over from cramps. Dwight Howard came in. Put a, he did a solid job on Jokic. Jokic still got his, got his number. He did his thing, but he did a solid job on Jokic. And when AD hit that game winner in the Black Mamba jersey that's, that, that won the game, I just knew it was, it was done, man. Because AD is really like that, man. He might be the second best player in the, in the league right now, man. AD is different. That Chicago boy is different. Lakers advanced to the first NBA Finals in 10 years. Hmm. We meet the hard-nosed Miami Heat. And they are well-coached 2-3 zone defense. I knew this was going to be a tough one. Like, Miami is no an easy out. They gave Yanis the work. <laughs> they gave Indiana the work. They gave Boston the work. Like, those guys are tough. But game one, <laughs> game one surprised me. 
we blew them out of the f- <laughs> out of the fucking gym. I wasn't too high on that victory because I knew Miami were going to come back. Game two was was game I watched very closely. The Heat were be were without Bam, their best interior defender, and the highest scorer in the playoffs for them, Goran Dragic. In this game, AD showed out. He started shooting 11 of 12 and finished with an impressive 15 or 20. He couldn't miss. He got to the rim at will. The Miami Heat were being out rebounded on the glass. And if you know anything about playoff basketball, if you can't rebound, you're not gonna win shit. No matter how much you play, if you can't rebound, if you can't get second chance points, protect the paint, you're not going to win shit. They had 6-2 Kedrick Nunn trying to box out AD. And I can't really blame them because that's how the Miami zone works with the rotations and everything. You end up with none trying to guard AD and we all know how that was going to end. <laughs> Another interesting start is that during the first two series against the Blazers and Rockets, LeBron had 25 and 17 turnovers and they still won that series. But in the two games against the Heat, he only had two. And one thing you could notice about that is that if you can't get Braun to turn the ball over, because there's no way he's not going to turn the ball over. High usage player, the offense runs through him, like here or there is gonna make mistakes. And if they can't get the ball out of Braun, they're not winning shit. <laughs> they're not winning shit. Game three came, and that was the Jimmy Butler show. That boy's a dog, man. <laughs> Jimmy B. <laughs> that guy's a bad man. Jimmy B is bad. He's a dog, he's a fighter. He was on a mission and determined that his team was not going to go 3-0 down. Cause once you go 3-0 down, might as well as well close the curtains, man. It's a wrap. And he put on one of the best performances in the NBA Finals history. He had 40, 13, and 11. Now earlier during that game, during like a scuffle, <laughs> just a side note, James and Butler had the little convo where Braun told him you're in trouble. <laughs> Just Braun bring Braun, everyone playing mad games. And heading into the timeout that was about to end the game, <laughs> Jimmy told him the same thing. And that really made me respect Jimmy because for him to come out like that and talk, talk that talk to Braun and back it up, it's not easy. Like Jimmy's that guy, he's not backing down from any smoke. He wants all of it, he lives for it. <laughs> and let me even tell you a little history about Jimmy. He wasn't a top recruit played in Marquette, like Marquette is not Duke, it's not North Carolina, it's not Calipari, it's Kentucky. He was drafted 38 overall, he had to earn everything he got in this league. He earned his stripes, he was in Bulls with Tom, Tom Thibodeau, they did their thing, they made some runs, he got traded to Minnesota, we know how that went, him and Wiggins, Towns, they didn't, they didn't gel. And that's not surprising because guys like Towns, guys like Wiggins, first overall picks, they've never had to work for anything in their life. They've always been good, but they've never put in that extra shift that didn't work out. They traded him to Philly. He saw what was happening in Philly. They weren't serious. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, conditioning was bad. And he dipped and he went to Miami. He spoke to D Wade, one of his closest friends, and him and Pi Riley, perfect marriage two hard workers, hard nose, nothing comes easy, they're going to work their ass off, he had Tyler Hero, he had Bam in the gym 5am, putting in that work, so that's just Jimmy for you, just hard work, the grind, to me game 4, game 4 is the most important game in any playoff series, (laughs) whoever wins game 4, might as well give them the series or the chip, and my sentiment was well echoed by Braun. Because after the game, AD was like, Braun told us, it's a must-win game. We have to win this because they were 2-1 up. And if they get 2-2, they give these boys momentum. And <laughs> once you give a team momentum, you all know how that goes. 
as the Golden State Warriors threw one down. This game was very gritty and closely fought. AD hit a big shot as usual when he mattered most. Not just empty calorie shots when he needed him, he showed up. Special shout out to Kentavious. Like, that boy came up big, man. Those clutch boys. Rich Paul, Rich Paul, your boys are doing big things. He came up clutch, he hit big shots after big shots. He didn't back off from anything. Right now. I just want to apologize to Rajon Rondo. From the bottom of my heart, I am sorry. <laughs> Throughout the regular season, I abused Rondo and deservedly so. Because when he came on, he seemed to store the offense. He couldn't make any threes. He was a defensive liability. But me, Olwash, but me. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that playoff Rondo is real. He's real. Like, ignore everything that man does during the regular season because during the playoffs, he's going to show up and he's going to show out. He does so many things that don't show up on the start sheet. He's able to make the right plays because he makes the right reads which enables him to uh, make the right decisions. And the thing about playoff basketball is that the game slows down. It's more of a half-court setting. It's a chess match. It's not up and down. I'm playing this game. I'm playing this team today. I'm playing another team tomorrow. Like teams can actually game plan against you and see what you want to run, see what you want to do. Or they want to play two-three zone. They want to play man, man, man defense. They want to run the floppy. They want to run three and D. Anything like teams can actually game plan about you, and that's why you need Rajon, Rajon Rondo. He's a basketball savant. Like he knows his work, and and he just reads the defense. He's able to pass through it. Just see him surveying the surveying everything and he's just able to pass his way through that two three zone that miami plays and i'm just very sorry forever doubting rondo i don't know why i did even when he was in new orleans he did the same thing with with ad against the portland trailblazers they had cj and dame lost they locked them down shout out to draw day like that guy gets no credits the real ones know draw is one of the best perimeter defenders we have in this league easily people give pat bev all defensive votes and drew doesn't even get to any team i'm like <laughs> but players players know drew like streets know game five <laughs> game five i don't know why these guys wore wore the black mamba jersey they wanted to close the, close the game they wanted to close the series out i had a very very bad feeling about them wearing this jersey this game reminded me of bronze 51 8 and 8 game against the warriors in game one that infamous gr smith's game where he forgot the time and just did rubbish bron had played out of his mind Bron was hitting trees from the logo. He was shooting from the logo. And like, ah, this guy is insane. He was playing stellar D, getting to the rim at will, and even making his free throws. And we still lost. The Miami Heat put on a very, very solid collective effort that made the game go down to the wire. Duncan Robinson shooting out of his mind. Hero shooting out of his mind. Jay Crowder doing his thing. Jimmy B doing his thing. So they forced the game down to the final, final shot. Vogel draws up a play. I believe that play was for Bron. But he got doubled and he kicks it out to Danny Green to bring home the trophy and he misses. No big deal, people miss shots every day. Braun made the right play, Danny missed an open shot. It happened, no big deal. I didn't get why people were slandering Danny Green. I thought he would have kicked the ball out to KCP because KCP had been making timely shots during the game and was hot. But people miss shots every day. Some say Kobe MJ would have shot that. That's why Braun isn't Kobe or MJ. He's Braun. Different, <laughs> different fabric. You live, you learn. Miami back game five, they spoiled the party. I'm sad as fuck. 
pissed off but i still knew the trophy was coming home it's just slow and steady wins the race no need to rush he's still coming to la 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 and braun is winning his fourth chip game six came title clinching game everyone just did their thing bits and bits of effort from everybody caruso plays stella d marcus markif timely shots braun was braun ad was ad danny was danny kcp was kcp we locked up everything they threw at us jimmy was exhausted you could see it <laughs> there was nothing in the tank anymore that boy had tried but it just gets to a certain point where you're just tired <laughs> you can't do it again like body's not firewood couldn't just do it any again and lakers did that and we secured the chip braun four rings <coughs> i'm pretty sure braun still has two he has two in the tank we're still coming no rush no rush no rush and that's it championship run legendary run from my league show my beloved lakers and so people say oh this championship does not count covid championship but i am like no bro <laughs> this championship is up there with every other championship if not even more more important because of the things they had to face because look at it the league said games were suspended they didn't say the season was over like people that were locked in went to prepare they did their thing they, they stayed in the gym they got their conditioning rights and people that don't want to that didn't want to didn't do it they are pros you can't make excuse, excuses for these guys lakers came they did their job and they went home they finished their lunch so none of that covid champion crap these boys went off like they had to face the adversity of cope dying they rallied around that and they did and they did it for cope so that's it man lake show baby <laughs> got the got the chip now i'm so happy Braun deserved it ad deserved it people slandered ad for going to lakers but he had to do what he had to do man the pelicans weren't going to cut it for ad he forced himself out to there and he won a chip can't you can't blame him Dwight Howard loved things like, but he bought into the philosophy of the Lakers, played his role. The most important thing is playing your role. Just play your role, know where you are needed, and everything else will flow. Everything else would flow. JR came. I'm pretty sure JR is a wonderful person in the locker room. He didn't get that, no, that enough minutes, but he did his thing. So just, just know your role. And just a special shout out to Phil Handy. Well, most people might not know Phil Handy. Phil Handy is one of the top assistants on the Lakers and the job he does on those players very 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 good work like he's been part of three championship teams in a row now and that's not just a coincidence he does a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with these players and he shows he really does show and also Rob Pelinka Rob GM of the of the Lakers after not getting Kawhi they might have said they might have made some bad decisions and gotten poor players but he was able to spread a cap money to get solid pieces Queen Cook Danny Green Ondo they were still able to make the most out of the season so special shout out to Rob Pelinka Braun this championship was a collective effort for everybody on Lake Show and they dev everything they are getting and more because most people count them, counted them out during the season they were able to come through and do the damn job so they deserve everything they are getting just to round up today's episode i just want to implore everyone to read about what's happening in nigeria congo in africa educate yourself spread the word it might not affect you but you can post it you never know where your post goes just create awareness donate if you can and just let's keep them in our prayers and to round up just make sure you share share the episodes to all your friends it's all love guys